Myself. Really perfect timing. He's so excited for this episode of the Star Wars Squadrons podcast. What is this? You know Ep- what? That's why we have the emergency <laughs> hoodie. Just dab see, that off, clean that later. See, this man is a professional. He is the voice of Competitive Squadron. Been casting, playing the game. A little hammer. So happy to have you on the podcast this week, buddy. Yeah, happy to be here. I, I a bummer that. I happen to spill exactly when the camera turns on. But... <laughs> it's like, I'm going live in five seconds. You're like, get the, the cup uh, of water right over yourself. Three, joke, two, <laughs> one, spill on yourself. Perfect live. Yeah, we Wait. couldn't plan that any better. Wow, that is a big big gallon of water you spill on yourself. Yeah, I know. I don't even know how it happened. Luckily, you know, wear dark colors. Can't even tell. Can't even tell. Finished a, finished a full day of work. Now you're here. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got your coffee, though, too, going on. Thank you so much for joining us here today, man. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. You know, uh, it's like like I said, it's been a busy work day, but I mean, I have nothing to complain about. Oh, good to hear. Glad to have you on the podcast, man. How, let me ask you, how did you uh-huh. first hear about Star Wars Squadrons? How did how early yeah. did you know about it coming out? So there's the, it was like June or July of last year. There was that like announcement trailer. It's uh, the one where... Like the the girls in the X wing, and she like gets like blown up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think something like that. Yeah. And uh, I remember seeing it, and then I was because uh, I was a big Rogue Squadron player, and I was like, no way. So <laughs> I just like ping spammed uh, a Discord that I'm with my buddies, and I was like, guys, guys. <laughs> uh, and uh, I kind of watched it super intently. From then, there was a bunch of videos on YouTube that were like dev previews and mm-hmm. like influencers got access to the beta and they were posting about it uh and i was kind of like latched on until launch so it was it was a pretty intense burn until then yeah that pretty pretty similar to to me actually exact same way once i started seeing that i think someone told me about them one of my friends and then i saw the trailer and i was like oh wow this does look like a pretty cool game and for the same reason too i had played uh the rogue squadron games i think that's what you had said you had played when you were younger is that your background with star wars and flight games I want to bring this over because this is also why I lost my mind. Is uh, when that announcement happened, it was said it was going to be a VR game, right? Oh, of course. And I, I'm a big VR enthusiast. So when the announcement was the whole game will be playable in VR, it was like, no, like that's what I wanted, right? Yes. Like, there was the there was the mission in Battlefront Two. I never got to play because it, it was PS VR exclusive. But the idea of piloting a, a ship in VR is like the dream. Uh, <laughs> You you were asking though. I'm sorry, I lost mm-hmm. train of thought. No worries. So my question was about you said I think uh, Rogue Squadron was the game that you had said you had played in the past. That was kind of Cal. like yeah, your entry like way back in the day. I think I played it on N64, and that was the one that I had always thought of. Is that was your entry level to flight games? Yeah. So uh, when I was little, I had this Windows Millennium computer my dad made for me. It had like a Voodoo <laughs> graphics card or something, and. Uh, my dad had this like Sidewinder joystick. It was the one that would plug into like the sound card slot. And uh, he had Rogue Squadron one, and then like Star Wars Dark Forces. And uh, 
I just ended up playing Rogue Squadron all the time. And then we got a GameCube, right? And Rogue Squadron 2 came out, and mm -hmm. then 3. So that was, like, a big exposure to Star Wars in general. Yeah. Because I can't think of many other Star Wars games I've played, uh, to be honest with you. Like, uh, I know a lot of the uh -huh. scene has come from, like, XVT. Too young for that. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I mean, I was around, but I wasn't playing PC games then. So I didn't, I didn't play those ones, yeah. They're actually thinking about it, I think Rogue Squadron is like the only Star Wars games I've played. <laughs> Besides this one. So I'm actually curious because like I have heard a little bit about the ones on the GameCube. What were those ones like, those Rogue Squadrons? I'm kind of curious because I haven't really ever played them. Um, I haven't heard too much about them. Were they like the original Rogue Squadron? Or did they go into yeah, they're like an they're like an expansion of it. The second one's very much like the first, but the third one has the ground combat. Uh, oh, and so, but it's very like jank ground combat. If you go back and play it nowadays, it is aged uh, poorly. But also, like to go back and play the first Rogue Squadron, that hasn't aged too well either. Like we're spoiled with the flight controls of this current game. You go back, and the thing is like just janky. <laughs> it just does not feel smooth at all. I mean, yeah. I mean, I never played any sort of flight stick. So even now, when I play it, I'm kind of I have one now that I've started to play, and it is yeah difficult for me to get used to, to say the least. Okay, so Star Wars Squadrons yeah. is coming out. You know, you see the games coming. How do you do? You start playing it right away on launch day. You're playing in VR. Did you have to invest in VR equipment? So it's not. It's in a box, so I can't show you guys or show you. <laughs> but um, so Squadrons is going to come out, right? And I was jazzed, uh, amped up, and. Uh, I, I like Microsoft Flight Sim had just come out, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna play Flight Sim just to, you know, in anticipation for playing Squadrons. As a Flight Sim, I like it, it's a lot of fun. I'll put on like the Verve and fly over like London, but it was mostly like to get my mind and like the, the hype of like using a joystick uh, and all that jazz. The problem though is when Flight Sim came out, which is before Squadrons, right? Mm -hmm. You couldn't find a joystick online, uh, you were it was it was near impossible, it's a lot better now. But at in that moment, like everything was sold out. But uh, my dad had that sound card Sidewinder Pro sitting in a cardboard box, and it hasn't been touched in like fifteen years. So obviously, it's not like a USB controller, right? Like you can't like no. turn it into a modern computer. But you can get what's called a Teensy, which is like this micro Arduino-like controller. Solder a bunch of wires to it. Uh, and then take this code repo called adapt-ffb-joy, load that program into there, and then like get an adapter and push it all together and plug it into your computer, and it works. <laughs> oh my um, god! So you so jerry I that. You jerry rigged that whole setup. How did you like? How did you figure that out to set up? Like, wh wh where did that? <laughs> Uh, frustration and determination because <laughs> I didn't have a joystick, and that was the closest thing that I could find. But there was a bug in, uh, not a bug per se, but there was an issue in that code base where those sticks um, have gotten so old. Actually, wait, no, I have one. Hold on. It's, it's visible. Oh, my God. <laughs> the, the adapter that I built isn't, this isn't actually the correct joystick, but the adapter that I built is actually over to Buddy's because I'm letting him borrow it. But it was, uh, <laughs> Man, it was that... one of these bad boys. Oh, wow. I mean, so this is like the old one. People used to play XVT uh -huh. with it, actually. Uh, uh, and it uses this. This mm -hmm, connector mm -hmm. right here, if it yeah. can focus. It's pretty nasty. It's it was used in Sound Blaster sound cards. Um, but yeah, just uh, bought some stuff off Amazon, bought a couple capacitors, shoved it all together, and then fixed a bug with the code. 
where there's a lot of jitter on the accesses because the capacitors and all the parts in here have started to like erode over 20 years, right? Jeez. So I actually, my, my code got a foothold in the Microsoft Flight Sim community. And when I look at the analytics for the repo, there's some guy that's selling adapters with my code online. I don't care. I, I made it all like open license anyway. So that is pretty awesome, actually, man, that you did that and went through. And it like kind of like we were talking before, this is, you know, your background professionally, too. Like, so they kind of have the, the know how to, to, to work on this a little bit. Yeah. That's... It helped out a bunch, right? To be able to like download some random guy's code base from like six years ago and be like, how is this working? And it's all like bit shifting and, and crap. So. That's really awesome. And a big shout out from Zugzug actually in the chat there. Just gave me a follow. Thank you. And he said, thanks, Time Bomb and Hammer, for your contribution to the community. You guys are awesome. Yeah, That's really nice. I really appreciate seeing that. Okay. So you started playing with that stick and, sorry, the VR as well. The VR, you showed that helmet. Did you have that helmet before? Did you invest in that for the game? So I got, um, I got my Rift S at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was like waiting on Best Buy's website because at the time it was like impossible to find. And uh, I finally got one. So I had that for a while because, you know, at the time I was, uh, my job had, had gotten in a little bit of a weird state that I was working at. And I didn't know what my employment was going to be four months from now. So at the beginning of the pandemic, I still working, but working remote, I moved into my parents' basement for the time because I don't want to be at a place I can't afford to pay rent for. So to kind of escape that, I bought a Rift S and then played like a bunch of Pavlov. Uh, <laughs> you got to play what you do. And I mean, you know, you were talking about too about the shortage of flight sticks because like I, I remember at the time there was some available for squadrons. I was like, ah, I don't know if I want a flight stick. And then like a bit later, I was like, I totally want a flight stick. And they were all sold out by then because whatever, another game had come out too that needed. And then it was only like six weeks ago, maybe that I actually finally got a flight stick. And now that they are kind of available, I got like the T-Flight 1. Mm -hmm for the xbox which i don't even use that much to be honest and now i built a pc so like i mean i could get another one but i can use that one with my pc now too that's an option so it is it's cool too just i don't know squadrons has definitely made me more interested in flight sims just like how you were kind of like getting back into them <laughs> gotta, gotta gotta rep the N nxt gladiator that's Community likes that one a lot. I like the stick a lot too. Yeah, isn't that so? What do you so when you're flying? How do you how do you like to fly now? What are you flying on that uh, the Gladiator? Yeah, so I have abandoned the the Sidewinder. <laughs> it's got too much jiggle and not enough buttons. Uh, it was a pain for like doing the targeting computer. So instead, I rock on one hand the Gladiator. It sits right here, and on the second hand, a uh, a Tartarus. The Tartarus Pro, because I hated how the Tartarus key switches felt. So oh, it's kind of expensive. But the nice thing is that the the, the keys, if, it's, if it focuses ever, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, the keys are numbered through 1 through 19. And if you set up your, your Razer software, which is sometimes a headache, correctly, uh, the the UI will be like, press like joystick 2, button 4. And it's like, oh, I can look down and see button 4. So it becomes super simple. But yeah, like this hand is, you know, countermeasures shunting and shields throttle on the thumb back and forth boost drift on the thumb here too pinging uh and then like menu loadouts and then the rest of it used to be targeting computer but mm -hmm. because the gladiator has a kabillion million hats as one hat two hat three <laughs> oh hat, my four god hats, oh my I, god uh, I, four hats i have Jesus. all my i have uh, my targeting on uh targeting computer stuff on this one and then like my engines on this one 
and then like other targeting computer on this one and like uh like the help button and like the resupply button on these so that one see that stick seems so solid too that's crazy like just like I, you, I, it doesn't come to, with a big chunk of wood yeah i mean like look like, at that I, huge platform on it look at that oh that thing's crazy yeah. and oh so it, it usually it usually comes with like like you see the metal here that's the size of the normal platform mm -hmm. but then i just got a 12 by 12 piece of wood from home depot and then just stained it black oh and then, nice uh, yeah, I can see. I can see where the bolts are. That's actually yeah. Mounting, mounting mine is like kind of you know honestly that's so dumb. But like one thing really holding me back from using it too is just that it takes up so much space on my desk, and I just don't feel like my setup is correct for it. Like I feel like I need to have everything in order to really use it. Which I don't know. So, so talking about desks. Speaking of speaking of dumb Home Depot things, if you want to make a gigantic desk, but you don't want to pay those companies the big fees for big desks, go to Home Depot. Or whatever is the equivalent in Toronto. Mm -hmm. Then we have Home Depots, a, yeah. <laughs> just buy a, a blank door. They're like 90 bucks. You stain it, uh, and then you put legs on it, and boom, you got a gigantic desk. I have like an 80 by 36 door. Mm -hmm. I just lathered some black stained poly on yeah. it, and it's been my go-to since. Yo, big, big thank you for to Zug Zug, too, for doing a Prime sub. Oh. Uh, much, much appreciated, buddy. Uh, I should do that, because my desk, like, it's just dumb the way that I have to mount like arms for like my mic and stuff to it, man. So when you started playing Squadrons, then yeah, who did you? How did you start like playing with people in the game? Did you join the discords? Were you just like randomly jumping in? Yeah. So when the game launched, uh, I I played the campaign. A buddy of mine bought the game with me. Um, he he left it after like eight hours because he <laughs> got bored. Yeah. Um. But I was playing solo queue for a while, and I joined the um, the official squadrons Discord. This is like the first like two or three weeks of the game, uh, and back back then I know it's like not a year, but it feels like it's been years, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know that 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 Discord was crazy active, and everybody was in the voice channels, and that was like that was the when the dead zone wasn't fixed, right? That's like the first patch, and. Uh, I would just go and I'd like I'd hang around I'd like looking for a game and then drag myself into voice chats. Uh and I played for a bit. But because of the zero SR bug yeah. and the lack of custom matches at the time, mm -hmm. about like four weeks in, uh or like three weeks in, I kinda was like a little burnt out. So I put the game down for which I Again, it feels like it's been like years, but it's only it's like been, you know, half a year plus. So it's, it hasn't been that long. The weirdest thing about this game, like I honestly feel like I've been playing this game for years, but it's been out for like seven months or something like that. It's it's so weird. Meta ships like, very uh, quickly I, in this game, <laughs> too. No. Uh, I ended up yeah putting the game down and then I picked it back up when they announced custom matches. I was like, this is this is what I wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, I watched that first op ace and uh i it wasn't the fault of the organizers it wasn't the fault of anybody involved in production but the fact that it had to be we're gonna be queuing into you know ladder matches mm -hmm. for five hours like that that when when the game was advertised in the dev previews and it made it like this is going to be a moba with ships it, the like not having custom matches was like kind of a heartbreaker and i was like well, that's like that's what this game feels like it was designed for uh, I mean, I would have like thought competitive five v fives. Yeah, I mean, my, my experience too beforehand is like in um, in the NHL series, which is kind of comparable to like having six v six people playing. You know yeah. what I mean? I would, and you have like a club or a clan. That's kind of what I imagine that you would have a clan. You'd be like whatever, you know, 
orange squadron and then you would search as a group or challenge other squads you know what i mean kind of that's just how i assumed it would kind of go just like that's was surprised me yeah that it have even customs or anything like it the clan not having a clan system in a competitive game actually really surprised me or some sort of leaderboard or something like that i guess i would have thought it would have been some way although i mean leaderboards with how the, aren't necessarily yeah, the best thing for games sorry go ahead uh, so I'm 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 uh, I'm happy with how the community kind of picked up that slack though, right? Like this the the millions of discords we have, mm-hmm. uh, and the community is like small enough that everybody knows everybody for the most part. So it is great that way. You I mean just like you were talking about right back in the beginning on the Star Wars Squadron Discord, I was I was on those discords too. I was doing LFG posts. I was jumping into voice chats. I've met like honestly, if I look through the comp teams, I played with so many of the people on those teams now who played then right like they were all in there we were all kind of meeting that's what's been so cool about squadrons the whole way is everyone's so open to playing with each other so to bring it back because to your point what ended up happening was custom games were announced and i was like okay i want to get back into this game well the main discord had kind of not died but it, it died down so i was like oh crap i need to find a discord to go to so Oh, my dog's just making noise. <laughs> uh, so I, I was, I was like shopping discords per se, right? <laughs> and I find, I find TFA, and I'm like, oh, these guys seem cool. Uh, and then I go to their website, and it's like a whole registration process, and I'm like, oh, this is confusing. So no, no docs to TFA. It was just a little too much at the time. So then I was like, okay, well, Gray Squadron, they, they, they keep on posting, uh, come, like, come and play with us. So I, I open up Gray Squadron. And I immediately see Chua is there. And to to bring it back to you met players through LFG. Um, I played with Chua a bunch uh, at the beginning of the launch of the game, and I was like, "Wow, this guy's good! <laughs> Holy crap, this guy's good!" <laughs> and uh, and I I got in there and I see Chua typing like, "Okay, Chua's in here," and Chua stayed. It was probably a good Discord. Yeah. So then I stayed in Gray Squadron since then. Chua's a great guy. Yeah, man, I love, I love Chua. I play with him so much. Uh, I've played with him in a while. Shout out to Chua. I mean, big B-Wing proponent for sure, too, out there. Got a... yeah. <laughs> Rocking the proton bombs. Yeah, I mean, if anyone if anyone wants a buff to the B-Wing, definitely, definitely Chua would love it. Good bomber, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then, and then so Gray Squadron, from there, basically, you started playing with them, and you kind of you kind of got... How did you get, then, from uh, into the casting world? Is that something that you wanted to do? Had you done that in other games? How did you get to there? So, Operation Ace Open happened. Mm-hmm. And it was fun to watch. Um, and I sat there and I was like, maybe I could do this. Maybe I could do this. So uh, I, I, this is the month, right? This is November where, you know, I was, um, I, I was in between jobs. So I had a bunch of free time. So I was like, okay, eh, screw it. I'll go. And um, I already had like my audio interface because I do music stuff, right? I didn't mm-hmm. have this mic. I had all mic. And I was like, okay. Well, uh, I wonder what'll happen, right? Like, uh, what if I just try it? So for about a week, I would, uh, what I would call like Q snipe. It's not a, the correct term. I don't know what to call it, but I'd go into my friends list, um, and see if somebody's in a game mm. and I would join their game. I'd either do it live or I would do it offline more often than not offline. And I would, um, practice casting people's ladder games. Oh. I did that for, yeah, about a week, a week and a half. I would go do it, and then I would finish the recording. I'd go back, and I'd watch it and be like, what did I do well? What didn't I do well? Because I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to come out of the, like, the gates and stumble and fall. That's mm-hmm. not what I wanted to do. Um, 
So I spent about like a week, a week and a half, like refining. And then uh, Gray Squadron has things called gravies, where it's because yep. mm-hmm. there's like 15 plus teams on on Gray. They like to scrim each other. And at the time, it was Team Reaper, which had Chua on it, versus Team Cheese. And uh, you know, I had I had said in text like, "Hey, I'm I'm starting to play around with this. I've done like a few online." Um, non-custom game like so like queued matches um like ladder matches and i was like hey uh can i can i cast this game and uh and i casted it it was super rough i'm not gonna (laughs) lie to you but people liked it uh uh and people liked it so much that i got dms from people that are like keep on doing this and i that was unsolicited and i was Mm -hmm. like um it's compared to now it's like i I have a recording it's like it's not a good cast but Mm -hmm. it was something right Um, like the, we did like I, in, in my, my statement then is the same as it is now. Like we, I was watching players do amazing things in squadrons and it wasn't being recorded, uh, crazy plays, uh, and it was getting lost to the void meta strats being lost to the void, you know, the era before the Fencar guides, right? Mm-hmm. Like things, things existed in bubbles. Uh, and I was like, man, this game's a lot of fun to watch. I want other people to watch it. I so feel like, I that. uh, at that time, honestly, it's almost like in that era was like the Distracier era, where it was just like he was trying to get the info out there. He just couldn't quite translate we it to everyone. Like, <laughs> we had like the Rye Fox uh, yes, guys, right? Like, Rye Fox, it, it, of course. It feels like it eras ago, and I know yeah. it's been like six months, but everything moves so mm-hmm. quickly in this internet age. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I, I did it, um, and it went well, and I was like, and I got all that feedback, so like, okay, uh, I'm gonna keep on trying to do this, so I kept on trying, and that was about when SCL got announced, mm-hmm. uh, and Sculpt did the announcement, uh, and I was like, okay, well, I've got, uh, I've got some stuff under my belt, I then got an Elgato, and I messed around with the, the TAC map stuff, um, and I ended up doing more cast while aggressively pinging Sculpt and Jareen. Uh, being like, hey, SCL, do you guys want guest casters? Hey, please respond. Uh, <laughs> and I just, I was really pushy, mm-hmm. is probably the best way to describe it. I, uh, I would make sure, like, I would ask, like, hey, any updates? And mm-hmm. the first, at first I was met with some hesitation. Understandable. I hadn't really, like, done anything mm-hmm. yet. Um, but I kept on doing more and more, and I had a clip that I posted... Uh, on a bunch of discords because I was like here's my here's my like pitch mm-hmm. clip and it was like watching uh one of gray squadron's queued ladder ladder matches and somebody was able to get behind the MC75 I think it was Chadwick uh and basically like classic like, Chadwick one. <laughs> and uh I used that as like my pitch and then Jareen saw that and was like hey do you want to cast for SCL and I was like Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, and then, but we still had to like, we still had to get through some of the um, figuring out how to do it. At first, uh, casting for SCL was gonna was gonna be a lot different. Um, it was gonna be, I believe, Sculpt doing almost all of it with possible like guest casting. But then I think like after week one, we realized that that's a lot of casting in a week yeah. for one person. Um, and then uh, the also like dual casting is something that you can just immediately pop into is what you know we all learned collectively at the same time too like solo solo casting and dual casting are like two different beasts and have to be approached differently so then i think week two popped along 
and I started getting added to the rotation. Uh, and then there was like a do or die moment where Sculpt was busy and I had to do like three games, like three series in a row, which now I can do just fine. But at the time was like, I've only ever done like one game at a time. Now I can mm -hmm. do six and entertain a stream. I'm not mm -hmm. even a streamer. Uh, <laughs> So that happened and that went well. And then, I mean, it's been pretty positive from here, from there on out. So, yeah, man, that's awesome. So, from the SEL, you mean you've done, I mean, I think every Cal Cup event, the other Op Ace that happened, yeah, Twin Suns, right? Now, season two of SEL. Well, man, you've pretty much, pretty much been involved in all of them. And I think what I mean, everyone loves like the high energy. What I think Scalp does it too. You guys are both great high energy voices, you know, and. I think where you've kind of separated too is like you're so quick on it though too. You know what I mean? Like you're so you're fast like translating that information. I mean, I get I've never heard. I'm sure that has something to do with it. Does that have to do with the change from those earlier recordings that you did to now? Is that kind of oh, what's developed yeah. over the time? I uh, I was very slow and nervous in uh my like my first week and a half and even some of my scl like season one casting which is now lost to the void because i'm a dummy and i didn't record any of it <laughs> uh, locally but like uh yeah there's a lot of nervousness where i was like thinking too much about what i have to say uh but i realized that if i just drink a lot of caffeine and i warm up my voice i can just blabber at the speed of light uh, so I just started to embrace it, right? Because this game goes, I, I wrote this, like, white paper a while ago about, like, why this, how, like, how I cast this game and all that. Oh, and oh you should totally, game, yes, explain this to us. I'd love to hear this. This, this game, uh, the average cop match will take between 15 and 25 minutes, right? Uh, compare that to a Dota game or a League game, and you've got about half to, like, a third of the runtime of any other MOBA. So... The amount of information that has to come to the audience, in my opinion, to make it a like cohesive experience is just mind numbing. <laughs> uh, so then I, I had to like I was like, OK, I need to lean on getting information out quicker. And I learned later that my great grandfather was an auctioneer. My dad told me that after watching one of the streams, like, oh, well, you can speak fast. Your, uh, your great grandfather used to do auctions. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's in my blood. Yeah, you got that. Yeah, that's right. You've got you got that instrument. You're using it. I'm curious too. You talked about how you got your Elgato, so you could do captures on Tac Mac. Is that like a, you got like an Xbox or something else capturing as well at the same time as a PC? So or? I've I've got a pretty stupid, ridiculous setup. I've got two Elgato 4Ks plugged into my PC. I've got <laughs> a PS4 that I got years ago, uh -huh. and my dad's unused Xbox One that he's letting me borrow indefinitely because mm -hmm. he bought it. He never plays it, and then. Uh, if I have the setup working, and sometimes it's a little glitchy with squadrons, I will have both both of the observers um, doing the tack map, but I have one inverted colors and rotated, so you can have both uh, teams' uh, icons on the map, so like squadron masks don't invis people. And then it's useful, too, for uh, events where I'm not doing the cameras, because then I can have two up. Like, for example... On the Twin Suns tourney, when like the when the stream had that big oopsie, where uh, the the like the main computer that was doing the broadcast died, I ended up just having to stare up here because I have my PS4 screen up here. Ah, uh, so. yeah, that that sucked when that happened. But man, the way that everyone came together to make it happen was was great. Oh, I, the, yeah, the the big the big oopsie. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that was that was terrifying because mm -hmm. like we're all. Thank you to everybody in the community for sticking around because, like, that was we were sitting in 
I was sitting in the caster's voice channel, and mm -hmm. uh, we have a we can hear the producer at any given moment. He's in there, and also in the production one with like multiple discords and all that. And we're sitting there like in an unknown state, like what's going on. And then bless his heart, we can hear like people scrambling, um, in, like a physical office space because there was like a hardware failure, and they're like desperately trying to like rip uh, Elgato's out of one machine, put it into another, and then like there was some problem with it booting and I, I couldn't really, I couldn't really gather. Cause of course it wasn't my spot to know what's going on. I just had to sit there and get ready for when mm -hmm. we had to go back on and come back with full speed. But yeah, that was, that was like a, that was a pretty spooky. That, that always sucks. But I mean, the way that they came together made that happen. And uh, honestly, like, I mean, I've loved all the events, but that twin sons event, oh, it, was a lot of fun. it was so great. Just, I think honestly, it's the kind of things where, it could only happen because of everything that kind of came before it, like coming together and making that happen. And it was, it was my favorite one. By the way. It was so great. Just the, all the games, the fun, everything was amazing. And yeah, I think everyone just kind of like, you guys have kind of gotten in the zone with casting. So yeah, that that's awesome, man. Where do you see it going for yourself in the future with uh, casting and stuff? Do you see yourself expanding to other games, you know, sticking with squadrons? What are you thinking there? That's a good question. I've been thinking about that uh, recently. Like, what do I do? Uh, I want to keep on casting squadrons. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a good time. SCL season two. I think there are going to be some games today. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm casting later. Uh, but then going into other games, uh, I haven't figured that one out yet because uh, I like MOBAs, right? I'm not good at them besides playing squadrons. Uh, I my other love in video gaming world is Tetris. I've played Tetris for years. Dude, I me too. Own... Dude, I love NES Tetris. Sorry, go on. Please continue. <laughs> uh, and I've, I've been playing Tetris for a long time. Uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris is very fun online. Um, and I've been thinking, like, how do... Can I squiggle my way into whatever sort of Tetris community exists mm -hmm. and try to innovate and iterate there mm -hmm. i'm discovering the frustration of the tetris competitive community is very fractured and very not cohesive uh and especially yeah. in the the format that i like which is the 1v1 versus with garbage lines that's all that's like usually oh, most okay. competitive tetris players are the nes right where yeah. they're doing like the hyper capping mm -hmm. um and the, and the rolling strat that just came out <laughs> yeah right? yeah that's a, new uh, one. that's a new move that's right but I, I like the uh, the Poyo Poyo Tetris or the the Tetris versus format, um, mm -hmm. where it's you can Tetris ninety nine does it too, mm -hmm. uh, where you build up garbage lines and you can like tactfully wait to receive max and do like a you know do a, a four line Tetris and then build like your mm -hmm. your four wides or your triple T spins. So yes, yeah, so I've been thinking that is a, yeah you know what avenue mm -hmm. I can do there. That's like the new school. It's funny. You're you're right though. I don't think about it. It is a fractured community in Tetris, um, where there's the new school sort of. Pre there's there's the old school who kind of sticks to the NES version, and there's the new school who's more dapping. And honestly, I see it. I'm old school, but I see it now. Like playing a lot of games now, I'm like I'm more open to the new school than I ever was before. I mean, it's pretty cool too to see the young kids pushing the any old school nes tetris now it's not the old dogs anymore it's the, it's well, the yeah, young kids like, getting into it and they're inevitably going to play these new games at some point i think too 
and like seeing the the new rolling strat come out and how that's changed like the suicide levels right dude, like that dude, is dude got to 40 change how the game works dude got yeah, to level like, 40 are you kidding me <laughs> no people could barely get to 30 a year ago like it's moving it, so fast I know that's the thing, right? Not only like do they get to level forty, but people are iterating so quickly in the in the Tetris scene now. It's it's super fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Could Tetris well, effect yeah, so in that... VR? You pop a Tetris effect in VR? Come on, dope as as f. <laughs> I I need to play that. I have a VR headset and I haven't played it yet. For shame, I know. Uh, that would be nuts. But yeah. uh, the other game I was thinking, uh, hmm, I don't know if I should say it. I well, no, I, I can say it. I've been also trying to look into shrek super slam because <laughs> that game has a very unique competitive scene mm-hmm. uh that's also very like tight and uh i like small communities mm-hmm. um uh i need to learn more about the tech for that game before i do anything because i don't want to i don't want to get into a game to cast it if i don't understand that game because mm-hmm. like there's like an inherent trust that i think a caster should have with an audience like if a caster doesn't if you if the caster doesn't know more or uh, uh, the same as the viewer about a game than like that's a bad caster in my opinion like i, not I agree to, like, it. it's like what are they they're so talking I, about something they don't know <laughs> mm-hmm, and like it's like the you know like the the bullshit smell test right like if you catch somebody out on not knowing something then like the the whole experience has gone down the drain uh and you know it's i mean we're talking about squadrons too I mean, we're talking about Tetris, and I'm thinking about squadrons like Tetris, those old versions and the new versions existing. It's kind of like the way that, you know, like the flight sims of Star Wars have kind of existed over all these years. People look so fondly at the X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, but, you know, now we have squadrons. And we're kind of looking at the life cycle of it. It's tough to see. I don't know how far beyond the, you know, like a year of this game it's we're going to see anything uh, competitive-wise. So it's, yeah, I think it's a good idea oh, to... Yeah. You know, we don't know. We don't know where it's going, what the yeah. future is. It could be, you know, another sequel to this game in a few years that's really going to take to push it to that next level. So I think it's a good idea for you to be thinking about other games, though, too. Yeah, just, you know, keep it fresh, too. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm still hopeful. Glass half full of a sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard neutral things about the possibility of a sequel. Nothing positive, nothing negative. Um but uh yeah just you know keeping 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 the lips hot keep on Mm -hmm. talking keep on doing it uh but also to this community you know because we live in the now we don't live in the future uh we've got a pretty sizable player base that isn't necessarily dying yes there is a split in the community Mm -hmm. where you go on the subreddit and there are people that are very opinionated on on the game and the state of the game but uh, in the state of the game that I tend to exist in, uh, it's got uh, a pretty solid player base that still plays. Like SCL still has an active roster, and yes, most and the teams are committed, and there's a lot of teams in mm-hmm. SCL this season. There's 20 teams. Yo, that's the thing. There is a solid base of players who plays this game competitively, wants to play competitively, wants to stay competitive, and plays this game every day. There's some, you know, hundred. hundreds of people who are doing this every day i agree completely that aren't necessarily represented in there as well and i mean this is the thing too this game man this game when i look at other esports this game really should be like a huge esport like it's so fun to watch 
honestly like when i watch the nes tetris casters they're so great and they bring it to this another level i really really feel like you do this amazing thing where you really do elevate it as an esport you do a great job man like that's honestly a very important thing and in in any sort of esport having the casters be a big part driving it is huge and like we have that in squadron so it's just another frustration to me that it, like when i see eckhart's get you know 34 30 30k i think on one day two video 40k on the day one video i'm like this all this game needed was like promotion <laughs> people would have watched it like this could have been a huge esport part part of the problem with squadrons was covid i don't know how much i can speak about this but covid really messed up the advertising plans and marketing plans for this game uh i don't know if i can say anything else i was told information but essentially it threw it threw everything under the bus mm -hmm. and then the game kind of came out with like a little marketing and then yeah. there was like no follow-up because uh a lot of plans just had to vanish because things couldn't happen in person anymore well i mean it's a bummer yeah i mean if they had i mean i couldn't imagine if this was a like if there was a live event where people were playing squadrons that would be the crazy hope, the hope <laughs> is that eventually if we can that my hope okay my optimistic hope is that this game maintains its player base and general interest long enough that the next star wars celebration comes around and people that handle the business side of esports um people like boomstick uh gfl um tgs and all that can try to find a way to have a live event at the 2022 star wars celebration it's a big dream it's a very glass half full dream <laughs> but i uh i hold on to that dream because that'd be amazing that would like, be uh, it'd be expensive and no, mm -hmm. no doubt it'd be expensive but uh you know for a lot of star wars fans to be able to see you know uh amazing pilots that you know you all like a lot of star wars fans dream of being but then seeing people with like the execution level that's very cinematic mm -hmm. and seeing them go toe-to-toe -to -toe is very like whoa like yeah this is this is my childhood fantasy now competitive and these players are like professional professional mm -hmm. uh you know star wars pilots it's so cinematic the game <laughs> As it is, it's the most cinematic esport I think that I've ever oh, seen. So I, 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 I might be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Someone let me know. But it, it is crazy to me how, yeah, it's Star Wars. So, yeah, it seems like a, yeah, a missed chance. But I'm optimistic, just like you, of what the future holds. I think a future squadrons game. The next, if they do a next squadrons game in the next few years, it's gonna be amazing. It doesn't matter when it happens. There's a huge market for it that we've seen right here. There's a base for this game that will continue to play it whenever the next one comes out too. And there's the movie coming out in like 2022 or 2023. Yeah, and I, I mean, think, it'd be a good tie-in to what, have a squadron too. Everyone's thinking it. I mean, I've I've seen some talk too of maybe a, more of a combined. I mean, I've kind of talked about this a little bit too. I feel like squadrons should be to Battlefront what Warzone is to Call of Duty. A free mode within it with a battle pass, some sort of path to cosmetics and unlocks along the way, and you would have... I don't know, a thousand people minimum paying ten bucks a month. That's something. That's well, not that's, nothing. You know, like like <laughs> mind number of squadrons is that they had I mean, I was one of these people that was so upset with with how BF two was handled that I refused to buy it until recently, until it was ten dollars, because I was upset with how that game handled microtransactions yeah. as a parent in reviews. 
But then the mind number is that a game comes along that I would actually support microtransactions for this game. And this game exists as a sort of apology for having those predatory practices in place in BF2. And it's like the game feels somewhat architected around them possibly at some point in development thinking about adding it with all those cosmetics. Yeah. You know? Uh, but it's a shame because, I mean, I would have been a whale for squadrons. I was a whale for Warzone until the Black Ops integration that I think made it go downhill. I agree. But, uh, I, you know, I'd buy those anime packs. I think I bought every <laughs> single one until the right one. So. Uh, you still playing Warzone? No, no. I uh, I my buddies play played it all for a while, but <laughs> uh, you know, the I played Black Ops when it came out, played the campaign, played the zombies for a while, and then Warzone, the multiplayer, just got a mix of stale and unfun at the same I time. I completely agree. It's kind of come back a little bit for me. I started playing it with the the last couple of weeks. Maybe we'll. Maybe you and I will play a game sometime. Get in there. <laughs> Rock the AX50. The best thing about Warzone is so I play it very like a 30-year-old boomer. got the monster in one hand. And how I played it is, and I, it still works. So the AX50 is still a good gun in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, is you go, okay, there's a guy out 700 meters. And pick up the sniper and like, like uh, I use like one of those um, <laughs> the aesthetic like uh, zoom in scopes that has like the dots. The dots aren't indicative of actual distance, but they're good references, right? So then it's like I know because I've done it too many times, like where 700 meters is, mm-hmm. and I just like lob shots out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I always imagine the people that watch those kill cams just get infuriated because here <laughs> I am, like at docks, and I'm shooting like into like farm across the map, and they're just they're dots <laughs> on my screen. Yeah, yeah, and totally though, like with the cosmetic pathway is what I think would have been amazing in squadrons. Like just if every, like just imagine like I don't know, there's the one where it has like the the moss on it from like Dagobah or something like that what if there was different colors of that moss like every color every ship had a different color every design had a, the, every color variation that would just make you chase like oh I'm on this squadron and they want to use this purple with these blue right that's the dumbest color combination but some dumb color combination like that that you had to unlock then you're like oh I gotta get glory for this it would just make people play the game to not only grind for rank but to grind for glory to get the unlocks that's the other thing too i wish instead of making the ga grind just be a rank grind if they had also had a checklist grind for it so you didn't just have to rank it up you could get whatever a thousand kills a thousand assists a thousand heals if you did that in an operation then you also got the ga helmet then it would if people lost then they wouldn't just be like oh i lost all this sr like they would be like well i'm still got the kills i, I need it 140 sr yeah. oh my goodness i haven't tried to get sr since op 2 <laughs> i've just uh uh i the highest rank i got was legend one i got that legend bucket that's all that matters i have my big <laughs> shiny silver bucket but uh yeah the ga i can't imagine nowadays right the ga grind in like s3 where uh, the you know you don't have as well actually no i don't want to speak too soon PS Plus got announced, right? They did, yes. Watch have PS Plus players, mm-hmm. so there's possible people to, you know, grind SR off of, per mm-hmm. se. But, yeah, the player base being as small as it is makes the GA grind super difficult when you're going to, odds are, run into Cavern Angels or Randalorians <laughs> or Splinter uh, during your grind, and then once you hit, like, mid-legend, it's like, uh, if you lose a game, you lose, like, three wins. <laughs> yeah. There's, like, three teams you're playing. Well, good luck. Yeah, it gets... Oh, pretty silly but 
at least the game i mean now when i play those games i don't really care well, especially when i've come up with splinter or cavern angels i'm not playing for sr or wins i'm just playing to like oh, yeah. try to get better do the best i can against them like figure out learn it's a it's a lesson it's a free lesson really when you run into those teams <laughs> and it's just it's just fun shenanigans too like mm-hmm. uh there, there are games that i know i'm going to lose because i like the solo queue anymore uh it's i, I it's just I don't know. The, the the comms of squadrons is good. It can be intense at times. So whenever I play this game anymore, I end up just playing by myself. Apologies. There's a train going. I no, we can't hear it at all. No worries. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I don't know what I was saying. The train's oh, super loud on my end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Go <laughs> the play tra- the, tra- the train took your train of thought. Crazy. Um, I mean, I feel like that's kind of everything we need to go over here i really loved hearing your the story and you know your path to, to being a caster man i'm excited to check out all those games let everyone know where they can listen to your your twitch with your twitch i'll put it in the link below as well yeah so uh where you want to hear loud yappy caster man i have a twitch it's a little hammer with three m's uh i have a twitter because i was told that i needed a twitter by the production people uh i have tweeted like three times and i like a lot of random things about crypto because i like crypto uh and i think that's about it for socials that's about it nice man i really appreciate you being on the podcast everyone check out his twitch man and we'll uh listen to you on those next uh competitive cast or on the SNL yeah. tonight uh at like 7 pt which is i think 10 et uh and then at like a seventh uh, sometime tonight sometime tonight i have yep. a calendar for it that's right and i'll keep uh, i try to keep uh, my channel posted with all the sel dates too so thanks a lot for being on the podcast thanks everybody yeah. for listening and ch- checking out the stream i will catch everyone next time on the star wars squadrons podcast